Yo, what is up? You're listening to another episode of the Commish Talk podcast with your hosts, MJ Padua and Joe Bianchi. What up? Today on our show, we have a guest from La Ligma. We're super excited to have him on. He's the newest member of the league. His name is Jimmy. He comes to us from Illinois. Jimmy, uh, how are you doing, man? How are you feeling coming into the pod? I'm doing great. Um, feeling a lot better coming into the pod than I am coming into the league. Um, That's fair. But we can talk about it. <laughs> well, dude, we would love to get to know a little bit more about yourself. You know, hobbies, interests, your, maybe even your fantasy sports background. Um, you can just rattle off those things. Sure, sure. So, um, yeah, I live in Chicago or right outside of Chicago now. And I've been in and out of the city. Um, met MJ through Crew. Um, so I've worked for Crew for the last five years. Um, I haven't told MJ officially. I don't work for crew anymore. Um, so you're welcome. Sorry, I meant to tell you that before the <laughs> podcast started. Um, no, you're fine. So, I mean, hobbies. Um, I grew up playing sports. I love sports. Um, I played football and basketball, varsity, like um, in high school. Uh, I love like, so MJ used to do this online basketball league with me that I, I really love. And it's literally just basketball stats. It's simulated college basketball love video games. Um, I've been doing fantasy football since I was in high school. Um, and then fantasy baseball the last like five years. So lo- love fantasy, just love getting to like, sort of like get to know players better or have a reason to watch like the Dolphins Jaguars on Thursday, <laughs> which is like a game I would not have watched otherwise. You know what I mean? One to watch, yeah. 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 They're hyping that game up. And I mean, I don't know about it, but so yeah, a little bit about me. I'm married. I also have uh, a foster son and we just got a dog too. So yeah, that's me. Have you been uh, playing fantasy football for a while? Yeah, yeah, since high school. Um, nice. I, I didn't pay attention a ton until like post college. Like I know I drafted Cam Newton in the first round at one point. Uh, but Everybody not does. in a super flex? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, not in a super flex. To oh, be gotcha. fair, it was a 10 yard per point like quarterback league instead of 25 yard. And oh, so I actually awesome. won that year, but I shouldn't have. Oh, yeah. you know, we all get those. Some of us get those two years in a row. So sure. sure. <laughs> Dude, you're starting off this year pretty hot in our league. Two and oh, yeah. You know, um, you're ahead of the likes of Kayvon, Tim, MJ, even in terms of value, where would you say your team ranks among the rest of the league? Do you see that? I think that's indicative of where your team is or um, do you think you're just starting off really hot? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I made a joke about coming into the league, not because of necessarily like the quality of my team. I would say it was like an above average 10 team league. And and MJ even told me some of the players on it. But I come in and this is like the most unequal league <laughs> I have ever been in. <laughs> and and I'm going to I'm going to blame people. I mean, I don't necessarily need to name names right here. Like, I don't want to do that to Shabes, but like, <laughs> it, or I mean, you know, you know what I mean? But like, there, there's clear like three tiers in my opinion. Uh, I think the top tier is you, Joe, along with Kayvon. Although if we're talking just this year, I think Kayvon is like probably still second, but even potentially third or fourth. Yeah, he's um, a little sus after that Saquon injury. Right, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think you could even probably break it down into four tiers. Like I think Kevin might be in like the solid third. You guys have talked about that. And then MJ and I are in like that four or five spot. And then the bottom five are kind of like, in my opinion, there's still some like significant ranking there, but I, I would say like that 
they're a little bit jumbled to me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to say something potentially Homer. Uh, I think I have taken a pretty solid, um, like sort of like solidified myself as that four spot right now over MJ. Um, but just for this year, I'm talking, I'm not talking long-term talking just this year. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's totally fair. I think I, I favor my depth a little bit more than yours. So like, if you get if you get the injury bug, like if you had taken that, like taking that L this week, like a lot of other people did with like Odell or even Robert Woods or something like that, then I think it's a lot closer, but with the way your team is performing. Yeah. It's, it's not, I, th- I think, yeah, maybe you've solidified that. We were four points off of this week. Last week, James Conner laid an egg for me almost mm-hmm. nearly did. So that was a big bummer. But, you know, I think Tim's team, Tim's team has been overperforming every week. Like yeah. it's, it's quite unreal. Week. Yeah. He almost, he almost dethroned Joe for a half sec there, but it, he's had like crazy games from like Josh Jacobs. And from, his, ben- his bench is going off too. Like he has really yeah. good bench. But that's the thing. It's like, do you think Mike Gesicki is going to be posting 27 points a week? It's like, nah, probably not. DJ Moore is probably not going to be posting 21 points. You know, um, Josh Jacobs isn't going to be replicating, you know, the th- almost 40 bomb he dropped week one, like every week. So it, it's he's almost like the glass cannon we talked about Shaves on the last episode, except with more probability, I guess, or more inevitability than Shaves' team. Yeah, his floor is much lower and his ceiling is much higher than Shaves, but it's it's that similar. Like he is in the same tier as probably you and Jimmy, I would say. Mm-hmm. But he just lacks consistency among his team. Like yeah, it's just who is he gonna start and who's gonna go off that week. Um yeah. But between you and Jimmy, I think it's tough for me to say, but I think Jimmy's cornerstone of his team has to be Ezekiel Elliott. And so as long as Zeke is like you know, producing the numbers he's been producing this year and in years past, like Jimmy's looking real good, but I, I can't deny you do have a little bit better depth, but yeah. Yeah. And what's nice about Jimmy is he has Tony Pollard too. Yeah. Right? So he like does have, have a handcap whenever he does go down. Yeah. yeah. State farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eric right. was texting me today about, uh, AJ Dillon. And I was like, bro, like if AJ, if Aaron Jones goes down, I need my other AJ to step up in green, uh, Bay, green so. Bay, green Bay's fullback. Exactly, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if Aaron Jones goes down, he's Ed Lacy 2.0, but in a better position. But to circle back a little bit, I mean, as I look at it, I I love Tim's team. I think what he lacks is sort of that you need in in 10-team leagues is like that top-end talent, you know? And and I think Josh Jacobs is getting there, Um, but and I think he could be it, but you look at just like the the better teams, they have that top-end talent. Like... If I didn't have Zeke and if I had like an Austin Eckler instead, I think um, I would be in that same tier as Tim, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I, I just think you need that like top end, top end talent. And I hope Josh Jacobs turns into that. I love Josh Jacobs, um, but I think that's what he's missing. Yeah, he's pretty legit. But I think with Josh Jacobs, he's had a history with injuries, which is kind of scary. But then also like the game where he went off in Carolina, it's like the Raiders, like they weren't really, they weren't ever too scared about losing that game. And so they're able to give it to him. You know, a ton of times. I mean, he had what 39 touches week one, and then he had 30 touches week two in a close game against New Orleans. But he hasn't averaged, you know, four yards per carry. It's sub four yards per carry. So you got to think in games where they're high scoring, are they going to lean on Josh Jacobs the way the Saints will lean on Alvin Kamara or the way the 
um, the Cowboys will lean on Zeke in those moments. It's like probably not. Like they're probably gonna put the ball in Derek Carr's hand, probably try to get it to Darren Waller or Henry Ruggs. It's kind of hard because our receiver core is pretty gnarly, but yeah, when you're the, the rushing are, for less than four yards per carry, it's hard. The Raiders are looking good, but I, like you're saying, I wonder how like how many times this season the game script is gonna be like Raiders have the early lead and they're gonna run the ball. They're gonna like be, you know, game clock mm-hmm. managers in a sense and give it to yeah, Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I mean, you think about like John Gruden though, like this is what he wants. You know what I mean? I think that even I saw in the game last night, like he's trusting Derek Carr a little bit less and less. Like they go into the end of the half down 17, 14. They have the ball on like the nine yard line, have a chance to throw the ball and they hand the ball to Josh Jacobs and call their last time out and just go for the field goal instead of giving Derek Carr. Like, yeah, I, I know what you're saying with game script, but I like John Gruden, I think is just hard headed. And uh, you know, all the, I mean, this is narrative street, but all the talk, like preseason was like he was pissed that Josh Jacobs didn't win like the rookie of the year award and so he's going to prove to the world that Josh Jacobs is this top in talent so I think even in games where they're down like Josh Jacobs is going to get 25 touches you know what I mean and even that's it's tough because it's like what about the games where let's say the game script removes like 10 of those touches and he's only averaging three and a half yards per carry Sure, sure. Then, you know, and then, so it's like, yeah, you're you're getting seventy five yards and a touchdown probably from him. And if that's his floor, I mean, that's pretty yeah, good. That's for not Josh bad. Jacobs. Like, yeah, thirteen and a half points isn't bad. So right. Yeah, but like you said, like hopefully he can break into that top echelon of players, and that would be really cool. I think all of us we really like Josh Jacobs. Joe, you picked him with the second pick overall two years ago, and so <laughs> you know I think we all like him, and and we all want him to succeed too because. Tim's a great GM. He's a great guy in the league. But speaking of top and talent, we already mentioned him a little bit. Ezekiel Elliott. It's not a secret that Kayvon has been trying to pry him out of your hands, Jimmy. I would love to know what would it take for Kayvon to get a hold of Zeke off of your roster? I I do want to say that I have issue with the term like pry because he what he has done has like offered me Austin Eckler plus garbage like over and over <laughs> and over. And he can't yeah. do that anymore. I rec- I understand that because he doesn't have Austin Eckler anymore. But mm-hmm. pr- prize is a strong word because I-, I said this in the text thread, but like uh, Kayvon talks about uh, Ezekiel Elliott being like the number three back and like the amount of trades that he sends me would-, would indicate that he thinks he's the number three back. But the type of trades he sends me would indicate that he's the number 10 back, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's going to cost like potentially body parts um i would i would say like so i sent him this trade um that i would do for it and i wanted from him amari cooper i wanted um madison and cook and i wanted um uh aj brown and so um i mean i wanted a lot uh and and i think i you know i've sort of said this already i think in 10 team leagues like top end talent and sort of guys that have the potential to do like ridiculous things is really really important because the league is a lot shallower um and so if i'm going to give up the second or third best running back uh, you know i want the fourth best running back plus like a, a wide receiver one yeah i mean and you want you want top three talent coming your way and with amari cooper it's like he's what like wide receiver like 13 or 14 or something like that right now and then aj brown is hurt so it's not like i think for a for a top three running back 
who they're trying to put the ball or involve more in the passing game. That's such a fair price. But Kayvon's never going to let go of Amari Cooper either. Like, right, right, right. He is such a hard on for Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, it's weird. And he'll defend him to the grave. Amari Cooper could lay goose eggs three weeks in a row and still you know, defend him with his last breath, which, I mean, you got to respect. But at the same time, I'm like, you got to budge sometimes, dude. Hey, and to display humility at some point. <laughs> so I did want to make him hurt. Like, that's why I included Amari Cooper, clearly. It's like, I, I want oh, yeah. people to kind of feel bad after they trade with me. Um, <laughs> that's what Kayvon does. It's worked right. out for him so far. <laughs> right, right. Like, I have just come in to bully the bully, you know? That's mm-hmm. why I was brought into the league. Um, but no, but to, just to be fair to Kayvon, I didn't do what MJ wanted me to do, which was, this was pre-Saquon injury. He wanted me to get Saquon and Alexander Madison. Just so that, like, Kayvon... Like, like, not even Dalvin Cook, just to get his handcuffs just, to... Yeah. <laughs> just so that Kayvon was sweating. Like, every time Dalvin goes down, he's like, I don't have the handcuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have loved that trade. That would have been incredible for the league. And I think the league appreciates you doing that. But my favorite thing that Kayvon does is after he makes a trade, I don't know if you guys have noticed, he'll always defend the players he traded away. And it's like, if you oh, believe yeah. in this, then why would yeah. you trade them away for the player that you got? Like, Dude, he was doing that for Leonard Fournette. And then he traded mm-hmm. him away again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This is what I'm talking about. It's like, Kayvon just wants guys to feel good until like, and then they're like, oh, I trust Kayvon. And then they go down and then he's like, oh, let me like Stein you again. Yeah. And they just don't realize it. It's just. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a great like future investment, right? Where it's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to defend this trade. I think it was super equal. And guess what? So are our future trades. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, could you imagine if somebody in our league traded, like if Kayvon traded Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for Melvin Gordon and Leonard Fournette? No. <laughs> That's insane. But I remember the day when everybody was like, no, it's a fair trade. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. And I was texting Kayvon about it and he's like, well, he didn't know, who, like, he didn't know who the 101 was going to turn into. And it's like, yeah, but he knew it was going to be better. He had to have known it was going to be better than Melvin Gordon and Leonard Fournette. But yeah, we'll see if, if Fournette can last a full season and produce like he did this last week. I mean, it, it won't look terrible, but it it's still like you want Clyde, you know? Right. Um, and and like you don't want a Bruce Arians running back. I mean, yeah, we don't need exactly. to talk about that, but it's like Leonard Fournette fumbles once and he's done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just like Rojo is. Yeah. You got the tiny hands. Tiny hand syndrome. Right. Um, yeah, let's jump into injury updates now. Yeah, so moving into injury updates, uh, we kind of want to discuss which teams are most affected and um, how long the players are going to be out. Starting with um, the villain of Lalugma himself, Kayvon. Unfortunately, Saquon did go down, which is which is kind of a bummer. Like, I, at first, I, I have mixed feelings because I'm like, yeah, he's on Kayvon's team and he's like kind of my rival right now. But I am I am bummed to see Saquon go down, especially like with an ACL tear. Like, dude, that's super huge for running backs and like it's sometimes like impossible to bounce back from that and sometimes they never look the same and so that's a bummer and then nick bosa i mean it's his defensive player his idp so he could just pick up another one off the waiver wire no problem but that's just i just wanted to talk about it, like how much of a bummer that is like nick bosa like was Such it a his second guy. year yeah he's a great guy and he's a great like defensive player so going down with an acl it's kind of a bummer and then julio had some hamstring pain he didn't look himself like towards the end of the game but I don't know if they said he's going to miss time at all, but it kind of looked a little weird. Um, he did pop off. He did pop off. Right. <laughs> 4.4 points. <Yeah>. Oof. <laughs> so rough. 
<laughs> so rough. Uh, moving on to my team, uh, Christian McCaffrey out for at least six weeks with an ankle. Well, it kind of looked weird at the end of the play. I thought they were just going to wrap him up and send him back out, but then they had the his backup in for the rest of the game, so that was kind of weird. And then uh, Devonte Adams, he might not miss time. I think he's going to miss a week or two. Um, Cam Akers had a separated rib cartilage in his day to day. Yeah, I mean, separated rib cartilage sounds terrible. Yeah, I don't and even know what like, that is. Right, it's right. Fun. Well, it's like the stuff in between your ribs, Joe. Um, just <laughs> kidding. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like, oh, yeah, his ribs separated day to day. Like, <laughs> to be this an NFL what a man. player. Yeah. <laughs> But the thing that, that that concerns me with your team, Joe, is Devontae Adams with a hamstring. It's like he yeah. might not miss time, but hammies are super touchy. Like yeah. it's the reason why the Eagles kept um, Miles Sanders out of week one is because his hamstring, he, he practiced in full on Friday before this before we played the football team but the coaching staff was like this hamstring it's like it's too like you can never get like you can never guess with it and you don't want to guess wrong so we'll just give it another week to heal and so if the packers run out Devonte adams too early i think that might be something to watch in the game is kind of see how is his get off how is his speed in between like in and out of routes like yeah, and um, even, even if he plays this week, there might be a chance, like, I don't even play him because, like, what if he re-aggravates it in the game or what if, like, he's not playing, like, full mm-hmm. capacity? So there's they a lot of... They play the Saints, which yeah, is, yeah. like, yeah. It's a, it's a hard matchup. So, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of hamstring injuries and there's a lot of injuries that, like, weren't even contact injuries necessarily. And I don't, I don't know if we said this on another pod, but I know I, I was talking to you about this, MJ, but um, I heard a lot of people saying that there's going to be a lot more injuries this year just because with COVID, they didn't really get to practice like in pads all that long. They didn't really get to scrimmage as much as they would hope to. There's obviously no preseason. And so they're going from zero miles per hour to like a hundred miles per hour. And so we're seeing a lot of guys get injured just based off of like, they didn't really have like a lot of reps that ramped up. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, it's game day. They have to play a hundred percent. A lot of these injuries are non-contact injuries and there's a lot of hamstring injuries just like and weird like ankle injuries and just weird injuries that where it's like because they weren't ready because they probably just needed a little bit more reps and so i think these first couple of weeks we're going to see it probably even next week we'll see a couple more people go down um, but yeah I'll, let that... me let me blow through the rest of these injury updates and then we can kind of talk about the which ones we think are like the most impactful devastating yeah yeah i'll blow through so jimmy you're losing dj chark minor chest i think he's gonna be back next week will fuller hamstring coleman next couple of weeks Kevin, I don't think he had anybody this week, but before this week, he has Kittle, Levdell, and Mike Thomas. So those are like huge players that are out for Kevin. Um, Tim, Chris Godwin, AJ Brown, Devontae Parker with a hamstring. MJ, Lizard, King, Sammy Watkins, out with a concussion. Sterling Shepard and Duke Johnson. Shaves, Jameson Crowder, Dawson Knox, James White, Joseph Montgomery, Deontay Johnson, Galladay, and Lindsey. Eric Sutton is on IR. Jimmy GQ is out for a bit, and Devo is also on IR, and Basti, Ricky Moster, and Rashad Perryman. So, I mean, everybody's everybody's affected so far, and it's only been two weeks. Yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, some of the biggest impact, I mean, you got to talk about CMC, Saquon, like, that's rough for you guys at the top yeah. end. I think you guys are deep enough that it's not going to matter in our league in particular. So, I, th- I think that the person that's most affected, right, like, Shabes loses three starters, doesn't he? 
like mm-hmm. Dawson Knox, James White, Jameson Crowder. He, d- he does have Waller, so oh, it's his backup tight end. But yeah, but yeah Jameson Crowder is the least a flex play for him, if not one of his, his wide receiver two. Sure, sure, yeah. And Jameson, I mean, he. I, I was making a joke, but he did ball yeah. out week one. You know. Yeah, Jameson's Jameson's actually pretty good. Um, like points for for James, but yeah, I think James White will be next week. It was like a family related issue. Even like with James White, like James White to me is the fantasy equivalent running back of maybe like a Robert Woods, where people just kind of for some reason they don't want to buy in. It's like, dude, this guy produces week in and week out. He's been like a top fifteen running back um, for the past couple years, I believe. And and their run game showed like it didn't look as great as it normally does with them. Mm-hmm. Like they they leaned heavy on Cam in the run game, especially in the goal like goal line situations. Like they ran the same play like three times um to try to get into the end zone and they didn't hand it off to sony michelle for a reason and i don't know i don't know what it is i don't know if bill belichick just doesn't like sony michelle but i feel like he should be getting more of a chance than he's gotten yeah i mean have you seen i don't know have you seen him run like he looks like he's just like running in molasses i don't know he just has like no explosiveness in my Mm. opinion i don't know i mean and and you had like you know, we can talk about the like touchdown that the Pats didn't get, but the th- previous three times like that play works. Yeah. And and Cam honestly should have like gone. He should have gone to the outside on that play, and he would have scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was so just a bad, bad gap. Read. Right. Right. I kind of get it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think James White's a bigger hit on Shabes's roster than most people would think. And even Jameson Crowder, like I'd buy a Jameson Crowder stock. Like who else is Sam Donald throwing to? Like, the other, CJ Hunter is not it. Yeah. The other team. Yeah, exactly. And Brashad Perriman's out too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about how Kevin has Kittle, Le'Veon Bell, and Michael Thomas out, and he's still able to drop 165 points on Kayvon? Like, that's, yeah, that's yeah. just a testament to, like, he has depth and he has quality depth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, his team still like, looks, his team is, like, still competing, like, at a very high level. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the biggest, the biggest drop off is going to be in the tight end spot. I mean, he has Logan Thomas there right now. So, and you're just not going to be a, a pass first offense in Washington right now with Dwayne Haskins. Like even against the Eagles where they were able to manage the the time of possession and everything like that, it was all predicated, predicated on the run game. Like, I just don't think Logan Thomas is going to pop off the way Kittle can, obviously. But I mean, in the wide receiver spot, he still has Diggs, Juju, Terry McLaurin, like, and it's like Terry McLaurin's going to be, he's like the only one getting looks in the passing offense. So, yeah, um, yeah I think I, it's just Kevin's team is just so deep. And I think, yeah, like you said, it's a testament to how he's built the depth. And even with Julian Edelman, my gosh, did he, he just absolutely exploded last week. 179 yards with no touchdowns. Like imagine if you just sprinkle in a touchdown or two in there, he's going off for, you know, 40, almost 40 points. It's crazy. Yeah, he looked absurd. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't cover him. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Kevin's the biggest loser here in the injury report here. I mean, I think that the you know you look at other guys like MJ's not super impacted. I'm not going to be super impacted. I think Eric is impacted a little bit more than we realized with Cortland Sutton and Debo. I mean, he knew Debo was going to be out, but if he had those two guys, he'd look a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, rip Kev. Yeah. If anything, Eric's. I Eric's um, injury report helps my team because now Jerry Judy is the bona fide wide receiver one mm. in Denver, which it's like with Jeff Driscoll, is that like, are, is that stock you're buying? I don't know. But yeah. I mean, Jeff Driscoll didn't look 
any much like he didn't look far and away different than Drew Locke has looked so far this season. So I don't know. <laughs> we'll and see. Even, yeah. even you having Duke Johnson out with an ankle injury, that almost helps your team with David Johnson in as your running back. You know, like you're, you're guaranteed to see like a couple more touches per game. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of shaken up by week two and like his inefficiency on the ground, but hopefully, you know, we'll, he'll pick it up against a really tough Pittsburgh defense. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm not feeling too great about week three against you, Joe. I don't know what to say to that, but <laughs> moving on. I'm feeling really good. <laughs> um, yeah, moving on this next segment, we have four post-draft trades that we want to break down. Um, this first trade happened on August 25th. It was between Sebastian and MJ, the two Badoo brothers. Mm-hmm. So MJ received Duke Johnson and James Conner, and he gave away Marvin Jones and Todd Gurley, as well as a fourth round pick. Jimmy, what are your initial thoughts on this trade? Um, I mean, if we had would have if we had talked last week, I think that my initial thoughts would have been very different, right? Um, but I, I think MJ wins us. I just think that. He gets, uh, I mean, it's hard to say Duke Johnson's a handcuff to David Johnson. He plays a different role. But in a way, he's going to get more touches if David Johnson goes down. And you, you can kind of play him in a pinch. Um, I, I like James Conner a lot more than I like Todd Gurley. I think that James Conner's like, ceiling is a lot higher and their floor is about the same. Um, outside of, you know, James Conner getting injured. Um, so, and then MJ didn't have to give up much in the combination of uh, Marvin Jones and a fourth. Although Marvin Jones, I think, has slept on a little bit this year. Um, so I, I would lean MJ's way. It, it's not like an egregious trade, like some other trades we might talk about, but... Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I think I think I win just because I have James Conner, but Marvin Jones, like, I, I thought it was a pretty even trade, even still, like, I think it's like, it's not... It's in my favor, but it's not terrible against Sebastian because Marvin Jones, he's a startable flex. Like, if you have injuries like to your wide receiver position or something like that and he could always go off because the like the pass like Detroit is all about putting the ball in the air and putting the game into Matt Stafford's hand and then um I have yeah I have David Johnson so I think that really helps out so yeah I don't know I I think I think I win that one yeah for me it's a little bit more of a watch yeah I think it's pretty even it's kind of like when it comes down to who do you believe in more Todd Gurley or James Conner and like for me, it's not even who do you believe in more. It's like, who do you think will stay uninjured longer? Um, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next trade is between Tim and Kevin. So Tim received Chris Godwin and Kareem Hunt, and he gave Kevin Miles Sanders and a fourth-round pick. MJ, you're shaking your head. Uh, I'm shaking my head because I'm looking at what Tim got from Miles Sanders, and I'm just appalled that he didn't want my trade offers, and so I won't go into it. But it did involve Cooper Cup, my first round pick, and a running back. And so I'm just not gonna like, I'm not gonna go into that. But I think I think this one's pretty even. Honestly, like I, I think this one's pretty even because I think Miles Sanders, and I'm gonna let my Eagles bias speak right now. I think Miles Sanders could finish at like running back four or five on the season. Like in the season. On the season. I mean, it's just quite obvious right now. And and sometimes you gotta face the facts, guys. The Eagles cannot put the game on Carson Wentz's back. Like they just can't right now, and they're gonna have to put that in Miles Sanders' hands. And I think they're gonna try to get the ball to him a ton. I, I could see him getting James, like Josh Jacobs style volume, right, where it's like thirty plus touches a game. And I think Miles Sanders is more explosive than Josh Jacobs. So you're not worried about Boston Scott at all? 
I'm not too worried about Boston Scott <laughs> at all. <laughs> I think it's like quite I mean, obvious what our what our running game was able to do without Miles Sanders and how what it was able to do with Miles Sanders is just he's the he's the engine that makes our offense go. And then with Chris Godwin getting hurt, obviously hindsight being 2020. Yeah. And then but then Kareem Hunt, it's like how can you know which game Kareem Hunt's gonna go off? I'm surprised at how much they're using him in that offense. He he looks like the one A to Nick Chubb's one B. Right, right. He's outscored Nick Chubb since he's been back. Yeah, uh, and I, I think and, it's just that dual threat capability that he has. Right, yeah. I mean, I think to your to your Miles Sanders point, MJ, um, I mean, I like Miles Sanders as a player. I think he's really good, but I, I think what I worry about is just like the the offensive line for the Eagles is injured. Decimated. And, yeah. and it's like, I think that the team can't put the games on Carson Wentz back because the defending players are there, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it is occupied currently by the like uh defensive ends yeah and but so, you know aaron donald didn't get a sack again the rams didn't get a sack against us and he still threw two picks and i'm just being real that's my quarterback you know what i mean sure like, yeah, yeah yeah no 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 don't don't get me wrong like carson wentz looks like trash right now like mm-hmm. uh, i i think that that's very very true but like sacks are not the whole story when it comes to quarterback pressure yeah. and you guys just got another offensive lineman was just injured right um mm-hmm. and it's potentially missing time and so that's three offensive linemen three missing time line. yeah 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 like i think miles sanders is good i think he's a really really good long-term piece and i think in dynasty that means that like kevin does win this trade um but i think for for this year like kareem hunt has outscored nick chubb he gets the more valuable touches in terms of catches rather than Nick Chubb's sort of like three, four yard runs. And Chris Godwin, I mean, injury risk is low because the like concussion, he's through the concussion protocol. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and he's playing with the GOAT. And so uh, I, I, I also think this trade is pretty fair for this year. But when you look long term, I think it links Kevin. Yeah. But I think it's even with Kareem Hunt scoring more he got 86 yards on 10 touches like that's hyper efficient on the run game like do you think he can replicate that and he only saw one more target in the past game than nick chubb and he scored a touchdown so i mean you take away maybe a big run here and then he got two catches for 15 yards and a touchdown if that's what you're counting on every week like your team's not looking good and so for me i think i don't know i think him outscoring nick chubb both weeks is isn't going to be indicative or true of what the season no. will hold for that. Yeah, and and my stat is even from last year when he when he joined the team. Um, I think he's outscored. It, I think it's if I'm I can't remember correctly, but seven of nine games or something like that. He's outscored Nick Chubb. Um, mm-hmm. And and so I would say so. You look at the game script for the Browns. Um, their game script has been like Nick Chubb for the first three quarters, and then Kareem Hunt, Hunt comes in when the defense is tired. And he gets the fourth quarter. And so do I think he's going to get 8.3 or whatever it was yards per carry every game? Absolutely not. But I do think he's going to come into games when the defense is tired. I mean, Nick Chubb is like a bulldozer, right? Yeah. Uh, and he tires teams out. And, and then you put in Kareem Hunt, like who's shiftier, quicker, like the defense is. I think he's going to be super efficient. And I think both backs, like this is not a knock against Nick Chubb. I think both backs are going to be valuable in Cleveland. Yeah, that's true. Next up. We have Shaves doing a little bit of a what I would say an emotional trade maybe. Um, so he <laughs> receives Latavius Murray, Chris Thompson, James Robinson, and a late third, and he gives up Leonard Fournette. Personally, I'm not a fan of this trade. I think that this is probably the worst trade Shaves has done this year. I feel like 
he was just feeling very low on Leonard Fournette and people sent him some meme trades and he was just sick of it and he just wanted to dump them off for the best value that he could get. But I don't think that this is the best value that he could have gotten. And it's another one of those, your four quarters does not equal my dollar trade. And the shapes need to realize this. And you just need to wait and hold your low players and wait for them to increase in value. And now like after week two, Leonard Fournette is looking a lot better. I mean, all he had to beat out was Ronald Jones there in Tampa Bay. And like, I knew that was only a matter of time. And so, and I mean, it's tough to say, cause you know, Leonard Fournette could get injured at any time. So that could go, his value could drop to zero immediately. But yeah, I'm, I'm just not a fan of this trade for shapes. Can I ask you guys, cause maybe I know Joe's response to this now. How do you guys feel about James Robinson? I'm a believer, man. I was going to say I flipped on this trade. I hated this trade when it happened. But seeing James Robinson the past couple weeks, I'm, uh, dude, I, I'm kind of a believer. I, yeah. I I think with DJ Shark being hampered by, by an injury, like, and the, the Jacksonville Jaguars not having much in the way of like offensive absolute like talent i think like you know they're gonna lean on the run game and in some games and try to make sure the other offense doesn't have the ball because their defense is super poor also so like as long as they can hold on to the ball for long stretches of time which means running the ball a lot like they're able to keep their defense off the field but i think it's like 16 touches or let's see 19 touches week two 17 touches week one i think that ticks up in the coming weeks and I mean, he also gets Latavius Murray, who is the handcuff for, like if Alvin Kamara goes down, which I mean, with his amount of usage, it's like, I would be kind of worried. I, I would love to have Alvin Kamara, Joe. So if you want to send him my way, you can, but it's like with the amount of volume he gets, injuries are always a concern. If he goes down, he has the immediate handcuff to that. And then he also gets a third round pick on top of that. I think, I, I think it's more even than anything. Cause you, like you said, Joe, like Leonard Fournette could fall out for a few weeks, but then also like look like an absolute dummy but i mean this will talk to about in the next trade but Kayvon uses leonard fournette later in another trade and so i think we also have to consider that because who Kayvon ended up with man that is just absolutely like i'm i'm jelly i'm yeah. jelly of Kayvon. yeah we're about to, we're about to hop into that i feel like with james robinson i'm kind of on the fence but i'm leaning more towards he's kind of like a poor man's Kenyon drake yeah, I mean, he scored 21 points this week, which looks really great. And I think he's going to do well the next couple of weeks. You know, they're going up against Miami and Cincinnati. But then you start playing teams like you've got Houston week five and week nine. And then you've got the Rams or the Chargers week eight and Detroit week six. You know, the Packers week 10. And I don't know, when they start playing real teams, I think we're going to see, I don't know, a little bit less um, action from James Robinson. I don't know. In my opinion, I'm, I'm not super high on James Robinson. I think that it's not enough to give up Leonard Fournette. I think that there's a bunch of people. I think after what I'm, what I'm trying to say is this made Kayvon's team look a whole lot more better than it improved Shaves' team, if that makes sense. And so that, I think that's why I was really sour on this trade. And it's probably also because he just traded straight to my rival. And I, you know, I hate it when Kayvon's team looks any better. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this was a great trade for Kayvon and um, I think Shades, like, if you guys don't think it was that bad, then maybe I'm just sour on it, but... I mean, in the moment, I thought it was not great. Same. Uh, sort of like the four quarters to a dollar. And, um, you know, maybe 
we don't give Shabes enough credit. Credit. Maybe he's like a secret genius and knew that James Robinson was going to be a baller. Because um, I, I'm, I'm by. We'll, we'll get more into this a little bit later. A little bit of a tease, but I'm buying into James Robinson. And even in the moment, I actually was pretty high on Chris Thompson. Um, so, and I'm, I'm worried about Leonard Fournette long term. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I want to save a couple of my thoughts so that we can jump into the, uh, the effects it did have on this next trade. Gotcha. Yeah. So the last trade and the, probably the hypest. Tim traded away DeAndre Hopkins, and he received Leonard Fournette, the aforementioned, Austin Eckler, and AJ Brown. And this is before AJ Brown was uh, ruled out. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on this trade? You can go first, Jimmy. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Sure. I mean, um, they're probably not much different than yours, and you guys should have some context. I'm not a huge Austin Eckler fan, so mm-hmm. I kind of hate this. Um, <laughs> I th- I think that, like, I-, I understand that Tim needed some more depth, and I get that, but I think I was willing... I think that a lot more people were willing to pay more for DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and-, and he's looking like wide receiver one right now like let's be real he looks so good with kyler um he's kyler's first read and sometimes only read on a lot of plays like kyler trusts him already it doesn't matter that they have a lot of depth on that offense in terms of weapons um and so i'm really really high on hopkins um i think aj brown is clearly a stud um but like long term i'm not a fan of austin eckler and leonard fournette i just think that um if tyrod really is like the the starter there like um the coach has said he is um then i think that eckler is gonna have a lot of bus games this year yeah like i think the only thing holding back nuck from absolutely dominating right now is injuries which he doesn't have a crazy history of you know what i mean like he misses maybe like a game or two here and there but it's not like he's out with season-long injuries and so if that's the only thing holding him back like dude just say he's like seeing like 20 targets a game it's insane like it's arizona's just feeding him the ball because they know he's the most talented player on the field offense or defense like for either team like he's just mm-hmm. he's just that good and so I really like this this trade for Kayvon. And I don't think Tim makes this trade without Leonard Fournette is what's a genius. It's like Kayvon was able to essentially take Chris Thompson, James Robinson, Latavius Murray in a third round pick to ensure that he gets yeah. DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but here's the thing I will put out there for the rest of the, rest of the um, league is if, um, if Austin Eckler does not continue to like put up like incredible numbers try to trade him for multiple players because tim would be enticed to say i turned deandre hopkins into six starters right like if you did like a two for one or three for one for austin eckler i think you guys could get him right now um because it only makes tim look better for the deandre hopkins trade um but also you can get austin eckler so it could be a win-win there for you and tim um just something to consider if you guys are looking to upgrade your running backs and and I do want to say to Tim's credit, I think he did do a lot of due diligence. Like he did text me. Um, I was pretty tired and didn't respond super well um, and maybe would have paid more, um, but didn't realize how urgent it was. So to his credit, maybe we weren't offering enough to like. Yeah, I sent him some offers. I think he was really set on getting some running backs that would hmm. propel him into playoffs. 
I think that these mm-hmm. running backs will do that job. But I mean, yeah, it's kind of what did it cost type of situation. Uh, I think Austin Eckler does have the capability to drop a 30 bomb every now and then. But I'm really high on Joshua Kelly recently. He's looked really good. Um, and they're giving him probably like 30% of the touches. And I think that that's just going to increase year after year. And I don't think it's not like Austin Eckler is like this talent that's going to overshadow, you know, uh, Joshua Kelly. I think it's more of like Austin Eckler looked so enticing last year because of the situation, you know, and with Melvin Gordon leaving, it was like, oh, wow, look, his situation so amazing. You know, all it takes is like another young, talented running back to eat up those targets and then he looks like less of like a running back one and he's now in that running back two tier um but but i mean i don't know i don't think eckler drops down that low because i don't think it's that low this year but i'm saying like next year it's gonna look worse and next year's you know i think joshua kelly um can eat up touches and i think that like he's 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 looked really good in the first two games yeah i mean that, that that's totally fair but i don't think like like the dude had like he was averaging, let's see, he's he averaged 2.8 yards per carry last week. Yeah. That is not replicable. It didn't, yeah, his yards per carry weren't that great, but they but I think gave Austin him Eckler, 23 touches. I mean, like, if you're giving a guy 23 touches, it means that they, like, believe in you. And it's, it's like, that's 23 touches that aren't going to Austin Eckler. You know, yeah, I, that's I, fair, I but I think he still saw the ball 20 times, and he averaged six, almost six yards per carry, and you know, about like 12, uh, 13 yards per catch. So I I don't think Joshua, I I don't think the talent's there. Like he might've looked good from like a on paper standpoint. I don't think over the course of the season, like I don't think Austin Eckler is going to be a running back two. I think he's a running back one for sure. You guys might not be super high on him, but Mm. he could be like a low end RB one, but I don't think he drops to an RB two level because of Joshua Kelly. What's like... I think I'd have to see that for a couple weeks in order to believe that he's an RB2. Yeah, I don't don't think he's like instant RB2. I'm just saying like he's not an early RB1 now. I would say he's in the late RB1. I'm saying there's a potential that he could drop in the RB2 category. So we're saying RB2, RB1, like in our league, is top 10 running back. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you think he came into the year as a top 10 running back? Yes. Yeah, I think think he definitely did. I think a lot of people did. Full PBR. Yeah. And I think, I mean, he put up 19 points on, on 20 touches with no touchdowns. Like, sure. So I, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty effective. Like that's really efficient. And he's done that historically, even last year. And you could say it was situation. And even if it was, the Chargers want to be a run first team. I mean, Anthony Lynn came out and said that Tyrod Taylor's our guy. You don't say Tyrod Taylor's our guy and then proceed to throw the ball, you know, 40 times in a game. Like you are a run first team if you have a rookie quarterback if you have a mobile quarterback like that's your identity and i think that's their identity going forward and i think austin eckler his talent will just edge out joshua kelly's in terms of touches like i don't i don't think one game is indicative of of, okay what's true let's put this to test can i ask you some questions Mm -hmm. okay austin eckler or clyde edward clyde edward solaire okay i would take clyde okay mj I'm thinking that one's tough. I think I think that one's close. I think, oh, dude, that that's really tough. For me, that one's not even close. Not even close to me. Yeah. I I, I mean I I I'd that's say fair. I, I that's think fair. it's close, but I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What about Chubb or Eckler? I think Chubb, maybe. May, I don't know. That one's close too. Like they're just such different running backs, and so it's like, are you quantifying it by talent, or are you quantifying it by like fantasy? Fantasy. Output? Fantasy. Just yeah. pure fantasy. Then I would say Eckler. Okay, I, 
I disagree. That's fair. Chris Carson. I'd say Eckler. I'd go Chris Carson again. So those are running. If you put Eckler ahead of them, those would be running backs 11, 12, 13. Like Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry, Zeke, Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, Miles, like Aaron I would Jones. take Eckler over, over Derek Henry right now. What? Yeah. Well, it's also full people. I don't even. I, I Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. But I don't even care. Like. I think in full, even in full PPR, and I, th- I think it, I think so there is I think there is that room for wiggle with with a player like Austin Eckler. It's like he's on like an offense that like it's hard to completely buy into, right? He and is maybe- a dual, dual threat, and then there's is that chance of Joshua Kelly, but it's also like he did drop thirty bombs last year. I think I think that there's there's room to like be on both sides of the fence. I don't think like it has to be like yeah yeah, yeah. right and wrong. I think I think we'll be proved wrong. Either way, one of us will be proved wrong. Either way, you know, like mm-hmm. whether you're sure. or not. But I'm excited to see how Austin Eckler does this year and how uh, the Chargers' backfield looks. You know, going into 2021 as well. I don't think it's the worst piece for his team, but I don't. I don't know if he could have snagged another one of Kayvon's running backs. I don't but think Kayvon's going to want to now, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely not now. Yeah. How, that's that's the other question I wanted to ask you about this trade. Do you think Kayvon would have made this trade if Saquon got injured? Because it's like, yeah, he's getting DeAndre Hopkins. But I think he felt very safe about, you know, how many running backs he had on his team. For those of you not in our league, he also has Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And he has, who else is there? He had Saquon as well as... Dalvin Cook, of course. And Dalvin Cook. And the and uh, Alexander Madison as a handcuff. I think he still does. I mean... I think that he has enough to compete. You really, I mean, we have two running back slots. He had enough receivers to, to flex in. You know what I mean? And so um, I, I I would still do this even in his situation. Yeah, I was looking at his team before and after he made this trade. Before he made this trade, his team was projected 159 points. And then after this trade, his team was projected 171 points. <laughs> I mean, like, obviously his team didn't perform that well this week because of Saquon injury, but his team like looked a lot better on paper like doing this trade. So I think both right. teams looked a lot better afterwards. Yeah, and he was sitting he sat Julio last week, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So it just, it's like it's bad GM moves. <laughs> I, I mean but but his roster was so stacked that he could, you know what I mean? And so yeah. I think I think it makes made sense for him to like um sort of like turn three into one, you know. Gotcha. I would have done it, I think. And I think Kayvon would have done it, not even from a value standpoint. I think he would have done it from a name standpoint. Yeah, do D-Hop. Just to, yeah, just to lord over, hey, I have Saquon and Dalvin Cook and Julio Jones and Amari Cooper and DeAndre Hopkins. It's like, those five guys should not all be on the same fantasy team. Like you were yeah. saying, Jimmy, like the parody in this league stops at the two in one spot. Like, yeah. it's like, it's, it's there's a clear one, clear two, and then there's everybody else playing catch up. And, um, and so... I think I think he still does it because he has he has the firepower to pull off a trade like this and come out the other side still the solid number two. But again, with the Saquon Barkley injury, like we, we saw Kevin do it, guys. It's possible, and we saw Tim almost do it to Joe. So I, th- I think it's definitely possible in the realm of fantasy that we can beat them. It's just I, I think with Kayvon's roster the way that it is with the name power that he has, it's just like he, I think he still would have done it, no question. You could do it, guys. Hang in there. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our final segment of the night. Um, we're calling this one Date, Kill, Marry. 
I'm sure you guys have played this game before, um, but we're going to do it fantasy style. So how this is going to work is we're going to list three players and we're each going to decide which player we want to date. As in, we're down to ride with them for the short term. We're happy about them for the next couple of weeks, year, maybe two years. Uh, which player we want to kill, which one we don't even want to touch. We don't want them on our team, so we want to trade them if we do have them. And which one do we want to marry? Which team, which player do we want to trade for and lock them up forever and never trade them again? So MJ, who do you have? Yeah, so um, I'm actually switching up on you guys. I'm doing a last minute kind of switch. I don't really talk about my players very much, so I'm gonna put one on. I'm gonna marry Jerry Judy. I'm gonna date Larry Fitzgerald and I'm killing Will Fuller the fifth. And these guys are all ranked so far in this season, right around the same in terms of fantasy points scored. And so I'm marrying Jerry Judy because Cortland Sutton's out with, um, yeah, he's putting IR with the knee injury. And Jeff Driscoll, from the eye test standpoint, he didn't look much different than what Drew Locke was offering them. I like Drew Locke more than Jeff Driscoll, like don't get me wrong, but just from an offensive standpoint, like it, it didn't look like their offense changed too much. And because he's the wide receiver one there, I think he's just gonna get a lot of looks. Unless they Larry have Fitz Blake Bortles starting. Unless That's they have true. Blake Bortles starting, who I am picking up in my Superflex league, or at least trying like to. Like the snake. Bortles. Um, Good to know. But even even then, it's like wide receiver one, Like you, I think you still take him, right? Because when times are tough, you go to your most talented players, and everything out of camp is that Jerry Judy is like just blowing people away. And so and then I would, so I want to marry him. I want him on my team long term. It's going to take a lot for somebody to take him off my team. I want to date Larry Fitzgerald because just the way it's been shaking out, it's like Nuck is the one. Larry Fitzgerald's the two, and Larry Fitzgerald is getting a lot of underneath looks out from the slot. And I think with their move offense of trying to get the um, Kyler out of the pocket, like that's just going to bode well for Larry Fitzgerald. Like I think his floor is going to be double digit points every week. And, you know, this could be his final ride. So they, they might want to just, you know, give him the ball for memory's sake. Um, and then Will Fuller, I don't know. I, I think I might've mentioned this before with the trade that you made, Jimmy. It's just, I just don't trust Will Fuller. I just don't like, I can't trust him to stay on the field. I can't trust him to make um, every single catch. Like he's he's had a few drops here and there that were pretty crucial, um, even for some first downs when he was healthy in week one. Like, um, And so I, I just don't trust Will Fuller. I would try to trade him if he was on my team um, and I would want nothing to do with him if he was being offered to me in a trade. And hopefully I didn't shoot you in the foot there, Jimmy, but I don't think I mean, the guys trust my opinion enough. I have Larry him, so. Fitzgerald too, so. There you go, yeah. Um, so I like one of your guys and I hate one of your guys and I'm gonna marry one of my guys. So. Uh, that's who I have and uh, the wide receivers is Jerry Judy long term Larry Fitzgerald's good for like a one night fling and uh, Will Fuller sorry dog you're, you're six feet under I, I would say I, I think that so I actually would flip Will Fuller and Larry Fitzgerald which is funny because I have mm -hmm. them both and it's also funny because Will Fuller's hurt now I, I'm not <laughs> saying start Will Fuller this week because he will give you zero points um, but what I'm, what I am saying is, you know, you can't start Will Fuller this week, and I don't trust Larry Fitzgerald enough to start at this point. I mean, uh, Larry's a legend; uh, he's still going to put up probably like eight points, but I think that that's his ceiling and and his floor. I think he's going to be stuck around that like eight to ten range all season, um, and and I just don't have any interest in starting that on my team. Um, I I have him in our league because it's deep, but I. I don't know. I want that like high ceiling, and I think Will Fuller provides that high ceiling. I know he has that really, really low floor and like a zero week like this last week. Well, but. that's what 
yeah, that's another reason why I was picking Larry Fitzgerald is because in the championship, in the championship weeks, in the playoffs, when it matters, right, Jimmy, for your roster, he's playing against the Rams. Well, week 12, let's say we start week 12, he's playing the Pats, then the Rams, then the Giants, then the Eagles. And so I think, um, oh, week 11, he's playing the Seahawks. So I think that three game stretch of the Seahawks, the Pats and the Rams, I think those are gonna be high scoring affairs, uh, them against the Cardinals. And so I think you could see a big boost in the passing offense those weeks. And those are some pivotal weeks as we're trying to make playoff pushes and things like that. Um, and so that's why I would say I want it for the short term is for is for those like pivotal game stretches and then i mean 14 and 15 he's playing against the giants and the eagles and so they're probably not going to figure their offenses out maybe the eagles who knows but probably not the giants would take one out does an nfc east team have to go into the playoffs unfortunately yes oh man it's yeah. a bummer yeah it is really Rigged, but yeah. <laughs> uh, joe did you have any thoughts on that or did you want to jump yeah in i like i like mary and jerry judy i'd probably do the same i think I would probably date Will Fuller over Larry Fitzgerald. I think Larry Fitzgerald, you know, has been in this league a little bit too long and father time's coming. But I also <laughs> like, I think personally, I like Will Fuller's ceiling a little bit more. I think that he has less competition, like talented competition on that offense. You know, he's like Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb maybe. Um, so yeah, I, I think for that reason, I pick Will Fuller over. But I like the Larry Fitzgerald pick. He's actually kind of surprised me this year. Um, I thought that he would kind of be obsolete this year, but he's, he's still fantasy relevant year in and year out. So um, he surprised me, but I still kill him. <laughs> um, moving on. So my three, um, I picked Miles Sanders, Canyon Drake, and Chris Carson. Um, I am going to, and this is going to be a little weird, but I will marry Miles Sanders, kill Ken, or uh, date Canyon Drake, and uh, kill Chris Con uh, Chris Carson. So I think Miles Sanders, he just has a lot of miles still on his treads, and he <laughs> has nice. like you're saying about the way that the offense is moving. I think that it can't fall on Carson Wentz's shoulder. And even if Carson Wentz goes down, they're still going to have to run the ball somehow. And it seems like they don't really have any contingency plan besides Miles Sanders. And so that like excites me a lot if I'm the Miles Sanders owner. Kenyon Drake, I think he's kind of had a little bit of lackluster start of the season, but I think he's still going to be the guy there in Arizona. It's uh, going to get, you know, that passing work. And he's going to get the rushing touchdowns. Um, so I like Kenyon Drake. I think that he has the potential to um, be a top end running back one. If not, you know, his floor is probably a low end running back one. Um, I think long term, though, what scares me is they haven't locked him up to a long term contract. And so his, his future for me looks super murky. And when I owned him, that was like one of my main concerns is I like him for this year, but I can't say that moving into 2021, 2022. And so I had to accept the offer I did and I traded him away, but I do like him for this year. And it kind of hurt knowing that like, I'm not going to have him on my team. And then Chris Carson, I mean, I don't really have a bad thing to say about him. I think that he has a little bit more competition in his backfield than uh, the other two guys. And so that's probably the biggest deal for me, but that's a really high scoring offense. And so I think he's going to produce really well this year, but I just, I think in terms of fantasy relevance, I really like those other two guys a little bit more. What do you guys think? I'd put him in the same spots. I mean, I love Chris Carson. I mean, if, if this were like a little bit more of like a running back two range with Chris Carson, he might be my date. Um, I, I wonder what's going to happen. I think, 
I think he'll still continue to be the starter when Rashad Penny comes back, uh, if and when Rashad Penny comes back. But I think that um, where you have him in terms of like with these guys makes total sense to me. I think I would flip Kenyon Drake and Chris Carson personally. Mm-hmm. I just think Chris Carson's ceiling is so much higher in that offense then and i i mean i really like arizona's offense it's just everything is running through kyler yeah it's like even the run game right is like kyler's running around um kind of doing his heisman thing and i think we're i think maybe you're underestimating carson's um role in the passing game because he had a long touchdown pass from cam newton in the back um the back of the end zone where cam missed him by a hair i mean like he over you mean russ? cam oh russ russ <laughs> missed him by a hair um, he played cam. against cam but he um russ missed him by a hair maybe it was a catchable ball through his hands but i think i mean he catches that and it's like dude that's like another catch 40 yards and a touchdown that's an yeah. extra 10 points you know and 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 then i think your rankings a little bit look a bit different but i mean he's efficient with the ball and he's getting involved in the pass game so i would just switch them up but and, and again I, miles. I would oh yeah absolutely dude you hit the nail on the head like miles sanders like come on like I, i'm trying to get him on my roster in every league that i'm in and i usually don't try to do that but like he's just so he looks so impressive but i would date chris carson because he's entering that age of running back so like after this season right they have dj dallas there you even saw them using carlos Hyde a little bit and so i think he's going to be great for this season i think chris carson's great for this season but again, I think that's why I traded him for two seconds to Kevin is because I was like, I know if I make a push, Chris Carson isn't going to change me making a push or not. Like he's not what's going to win me the win me the league this year. It's going to have to be chips falling in the right place anyways. Um, and so I'd rather take the two second round picks that I traded Kevin for Chris Carson. Um, but I do regret a little bit when he's putting up nearly 20 points a week. Yeah. Which is funny, funny fact. I looked up Carson as I was like trying to find uh, Chris Carson here in his stats on Sleeper, and it showed Carson Wentz and uh, Chris Carson, the running back, has outscored Carson Wentz, the quarterback, in fantasy this year so far. And it's Let's just go. Such a feel bad as an Eagles fan. Fly, Eagles, fly. What? <laughs> Say that. I sing out tears in my eyes every week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I have. Uh, three rookie running backs and we've already talked about one a little bit um, but this is well I, I won't tell you so <laughs> I, I, I want to ask you guys what you think first because I think mine's going to be different so I have DeAndre Swift Antonio Gibson and James Robinson uh, and as you just to remind you guys uh, Antonio well no Antonio Gibson uh, well, I, I was crapped on for drafting Antonio Gibson in the second round you were um, that the the starting running back for an NFL team uh, I was made fun of for drafting him uh, in the second round of a rookie draft. Uh, and then I also traded away essentially DeAndre Swift. And so I want to hear what you guys think. I, I just don't, I just don't think Antonio, I think he's over, he's over marketed. Like he's like the mm. weapon, like, you Preach. know what I mean? It's like, Preach. it's like, dude, it's like, dude, get out of here. Like six, two running backs that are really fast. It's like, they're going to get all this hype, but like what happened to like trent richardson and like all these guys who got a lot of hype it's like oh he's a big fast guy it's like okay big in speed doesn't a great running back make like i i think antonio gibson i think he'd serve himself better if he was like lavisca chanel they're they're very mm-hmm. similar in their frame right i think lavisca chanel's what like 6'1 230 250 something like that yeah. and antonio gibson 6'2 220 like so they're similar in frame but it, it, I just think he's over marketed. I, I think I think he's overhyped, and he's in a, he's on a bad offense. 
Like, yeah, and Ron, Ron Rivera doesn't want a Lewis or Chenault. He wants a Christian McCaffrey. And mm-hmm. Antonio Gibson, as talented as he may be, he's no Christian McCaffrey. And like you, but were you, you, you were saying that Ron Rivera said that he was a. Christian he McCaffrey. said he that's, literally that's said. Yeah, that's okay. what I'm saying. He wants a Christian McCaffrey, and he said he he will get usage like Christian McCaffrey. But we haven't seen that. Like we've seen mm-hmm. like nine rushing attempts the first game and thirteen rushing attempts like the second game. And like the other thing is too like we're talking about the Washington offense like they're never going to have a neutral game script or a positive game script script like for the entire season and so like they're not going to be rushing that much and like i think the majority of his points are going to get from like goal line work if they get there so mary date kill (laughs) deandre swift antonio gibson james robinson uh joe i went first last time so you can take it this time dude i love deandre swift i think he's had kind of a mediocre start to the season but it's not like a start to the season that like i wasn't expecting and as well as like they brought in adrian peterson i don't want to talk too much about it because i obviously have deandre swift so i'm a little biased i'm i'm really excited about deandre swift 2021 i'm not like really expecting much out of him for 2020 and so for that reason i'm like buying into deandre swift for the long term i think he's a great hold i think that he's going to be the future running back for that organization if they can get their shit together on the offensive line as well as you know the passing game i think that like he could be a really productive player he's probably like running back to ceiling next year i think antonio gibson is really hyped and kind of like what mj was saying like they're really trying to sell him and it's like i understand that and i think that like he can be sold that way but like you you've got to like prove it and for these first two games like i haven't seen that and it's not like I'm not like trading all, away all my picks to try to get Antonio Gibson now. I think you drafting him in the second now looks a lot better and is probably like completely viable. But I'm not like as excited as him like over DeAndre Swift. James Robinson, on the other hand, has not been marketed that much and like has like proven the hitters wrong. And so for that reason, I'm a little bit more excited about James Robinson um, in the short game than I am Antonio Gibson. So. so you're saying Mary, DeAndre, date James, kill Antonio? Correct. The weapon. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would say I'd say the exact same thing. You know, actually, I might I might switch that. I might I'll just do it for the sake of like the pod. Um, and you guys can give me crap about it later, but I think you replace DeAndre Swift's name with any running back that has passed through Detroit and you say the exact same thing their rookie year. Like, I, oh, maybe yeah. not Carry this on year. Johnson, I was saying that shit too. Exactly. You know what I mean? And then what about Javid Best? You know what I mean? It's like, well, maybe not his rookie year, but I think he'll break out next year. And it's like, I just feel so bad for the guy because I think he has all the talent in the world and his ability to keep his speed in and out of cuts is, is really, really good. But we've seen historically the Lions just destroy running backs' careers. And so I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to say I marry Antonio Gibson for all the crap that I was saying. And, and I'll explain yeah. a little bit why. I'll, I'll, say, I'll, I'll explain a little okay. bit why. I'll explain a little bit why. Um, I'll marry Antonio Gibson. I want to date James Robinson, and I'm going to kill DeAndre Swift. And this is just and, – and this I'll take this as a hot take, and you guys can totally disagree with me, but I'm saying this for the sake of the pod. And also, I think, I think it could be correct. Yeah. Because Antonio Gibson, give him enough time, and I think he'll figure out how to become a running back. There was one play against um, the Cardinals where he gets stuffed at the line of scrimmage, bounces out to the outside, and takes off for like a 12-yard gain to the left side of the line. And I think that was a really good running back move. In a bunch of his other carries, 
he just can he he doesn't find the hole like he hasn't learned that like how to anticipate where where his blocks are going to right so in the nfl you you don't just block and then try to cover certain guys you're trying to create holes in certain spaces in the field and i don't think he's learned how to anticipate where those holes open up and so i think i'd marry him with the understanding that he's going to be able to produce maybe later down the road possibly um james robinson i like him a lot I just don't think he's as talented as either of the two guys from a pure like athlete standpoint, which is why I'd marry Antonio Gibson over James Robinson. But if you're looking for somebody to produce for your team right now, I think James Robinson's the guy to go with. Um, and then DeAndre Swift because, you know, Detroit doesn't know how to handle rookie running backs. So that's, that's just kind of where I'd go. And that's, that's maybe a little bit spicier and that could be incorrect and it probably is, but um, for all the crap I said on Antonio Gibson, I think you just give him a little more time, you know? He's like a gumbo. Let him simmer for a little bit. He'll be delicious in a couple of years. I'm I'm pretty angry right now because <laughs> I was so excited for you guys to get so mad at me because I have the exact same list. <laughs> so I, I, I was going to actually marry Antonio Gibson, date James Robinson, and kill DeAndre Swift. And Dude, you guys it, are high. I mean, <laughs> and I just need, I, like, two words is all I need to say in DeAndre Swift. Matt Patricia. <laughs> like, that's it. But how I, long I, do you think Matt Patricia is going to be there? I Like... Detroit has a history of being a terrible organization. Like, you have, uh, I'm going to stop. Favorite team? Like, the Bears. It doesn't oh, yeah. matter. Okay. <laughs> Here, let me let me look up when the uh, when the Lions uh, have made the Super Bowl. Oh, that oh, was we... easy. They haven't. Let me let me look up when the Lions have won a playoff game. Oh, that's easy. They haven't. Like that is not. It's not a hot take to say that the Detroit Lions are a terrible organization. It's like say, it's like me being like, oh, the Jags are a terrible organization. You're like, oh, you're a Titans fan. Like, mm-hmm. no, the Jags are a bad organization. Um, Matt Pat- and, and I think you just think about like the system that Matt Patricia comes from, um, like with Bill Belichick. It's like they have not had outside of that like ridiculous Legarrette Blunt year. Like James Robinson is DeAndre Swift's probably a little bit more comparable to James Robinson than other uh, running backs could be, but like. They don't like relying on one guy because then they can be like game planned for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think I think they draft DeAndre Swift because they like having carry on, and then they bring on Adrian and Adrian Peterson because they love this idea of like, oh, you never know what we're gonna do. Like I'm smarter than you. When when I think like Bill Belichick is smarter than us, and Matt Patricia is not. You know what I yeah. mean? And so mm-hmm. that's that's my argument. I I think it's a, I I like came in intentionally believing that it's a hot take. Like DeAndre Swift. Had eight receptions over the last two weeks. That's a really, really good sign, even for the future. Um, but like James Robinson, the game is winner. The guy. He, he, oh yeah, he did. Didn't catch the one that mattered. Yeah, James Robinson has. Like they, the coaching staff there has proven that they want to feed him. I, I think that Antonio Gibson, like the way that Ron Rivera has talked about Antonio Gibson, um, is pretty exciting. And then I just think that Matt Patricia is a complete dud. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's it's so tough because it's really hard to say with DeAndre Swift what you have in him right now because he caught all five of his targets for 60 yards. And it's like, those are wide receiver numbers. Like, are they predominantly going to use DeAndre Swift as a wide receiver out of the backfield? Like, maybe. But if he's only averaging 2.6 yards per carry, like, how often can you see snaps out of the and, backfield, right? Like, right. everyone's going to know. It's like, oh, he's in. It's a pass. Like... And, and Kenny Galladay is missing. Like, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, it's it's just gonna be it's really tough in that Detroit yeah. offense. But Joe, like you said, maybe I we're think it's high. It's really hard to look at him this year, and I think I think he's talented enough to like shine through that crappy offense. But I'm I'm not I'm not sold on completely on him yet either. You know, like I do, I don't have buyer's remorse, but I'm not like, oh, he's the future. But I think he's I sure. think if you own him in any league, I think he's a great hold. Mm-hmm. Um, but the yeah. other two, I don't know if I could say that. So that's where I'm like, yeah. You guys had your hot takes. Might be hot garbage, but we'll see. Yeah, but I mean, yours might be too, because like you said, like you've said the same thing about running backs. Like, how much were people buying carry on Johnson stock to be in the last season? I bought so much. Exactly. And 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 that's what's scary is because carry on Johnson has that same kind of build, right? Like he's 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 a he's a larger back, right? He's like six foot something. He's six foot. He's he's a quick guy, so there's like you know big and fast, you know. So that could be like Antonio Gibson. But he's also in Detroit, and natural. Yeah, I think what so came down for Carry on Johnson was just the injuries. I think if he, I mean, like it's hard to say if he didn't get injured, like he would be a little bit different. But you know, if DeAndre Swift gets injured, obviously he's not as exciting as he is now. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Carry on Johnson's literally running with a brace, and he says like, "It's just a part of me now." You know, like that's <laughs> that's a man that's dying. You know, like, <laughs> put him out of his misery, man. <laughs> It's a part of me now. That is so defeating. You do not want to hear that. But Joe, I do want to. Re- I do want to remind you, as your friend, you traded away Josh Jacobs because he because you were like, oh, like I don't know about the rookie running back. Like I'm, I'm kind of iffy. And I if you had waited on him, yeah, exactly. And then you just you needed to hold a little bit longer, and now it would have paid dividends. So I want I'm, you to do the same I'm, with DeAndre. I'm definitely doing it this time around. Yeah, yeah. But I did also trade away him for uh, Devonte Adams, so I'm not I'm not sour on that trade. Yeah, you're, you're not too upset, but I mean, still, wouldn't it have been nice to like have him? That'd be cool. CMC, Kamara, and Josh Jacobs. Damn. That Without is. Oh, dang. That would have been a three headed monster out of the backfield for any league to deal with. That, But Devonte Adams isn't bad either. So good. I offered that trade to, Kayvon, or to Kevin for uh, Mike Thomas and said no. So. Oh, wow. It was literally Kevin that decided that for me, but we don't have to pull that back up. <laughs> Um, yeah, dude, I, I really, really liked these. Um, I really like these takes. Let's just do one more quick thing and then we can wrap it up. I would love to hear, yeah. What were your guys's favorite, um, rookie performances? Uh, like what rookies have stood out to you so far? Yeah, dude. I mean, this is another one of the players that I own. And so maybe I'm just blinded to other You do mention your players a lot on the podcast. I love my players. But, um, dude, I love Chase Claypool. I think knew it. I knew I it. <laughs> obviously, like I was kind of, I, I sent the league a text saying that like Pro Football Focus says that he's the uh, Week One Rookie of the Week, um, and I don't really know why. I think it was that really like flashy catch that he had, but I think it's also just kind of like his blocking um, that he's able to do for the run game. But his Week Two bomb that. Um, that he it was like an 84 yard touchdown like i watched that like 10 times over and it was like incredible to watch and so i think i think he does kind of have that like terry mclaren like flashy play capability and so i'm excited to see how he develops but the thing that i'm most excited is like if he's showing this talent now i'm excited to see what he's going to be showing like later on like when you know deontay johnson is out of the picture or when juju like you know has to re-up for a contract and they have to pay him the big money it's like why would you pay juju the big money when you have a young juju and chase claypool and so he's this big body receiver that can go up and get it in the end zone and i'm really excited about him and so i think he could be the dk metcalf for the steelers is uh my prediction Ooh. 
Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, I, I currently have him on my taxi squad, so I'm hoping that he pops up en enough this year for me to um, hopefully hold him next year. But um, yeah, I'm really excited about Chase Claypool. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, I talked a lot about James Robinson, so I don't need to go there. I'm excited about him. I will say for like how bad his offensive line looks, Joe Burrow, I think is the real deal. Uh, like, I think that if he were in like an organization like the Colts, he would put up like Peyton Manning, like rookie numbers. And then I, I think that he has this like potential to be like that kind of guy. Um, I think like he's getting hit every play and still making plays like he's kept them in games. So I'm, I'm actually super excited about him and Joe Mixon for the future. I think that they're going to just draft offensive linemen uh, and, and try to protect him. They already proved that in this draft that they're, their whole goal is to protect Joe Burrow and to invest in him. And I think they're going to continue to do that. And then a, a quick shout out to Justin Herbert. I mean, the, the dude came in, found out he was like, wasn't going to play or was going to play like minutes before the game because of Tyrod's injection, not going super well and then played pretty well. Uh, I, I am not a big dude, believer. Yeah. Right. I have not been a big believer of Justin Herbert. Um, but I, I think it's going to be stupid if Tyrod Taylor takes that starting job back. Yeah, Herbert looked like better than Burrow has looked, but it's but it's because of like how atrocious that like line is, and it's like right. how many sacks and how many like throws under pressure he's had. Uh, but I mean, like yeah, that that run that Joe Burrow had, MJ and I were talking about it. It was just he had like the vision of a running back, and like he, oh, yeah. he read the block really well, and uh, he extended the play. So uh, yeah, he looks really good. I'm hoping that they can draft an offensive line and he doesn't get beat up too much. But yeah. Yeah, for me, it's going to be the two top wide receivers that came out of uh, college this year, CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy. Like, they both have commanded 15 targets each this year. Um, CeeDee Lamb with six in the first week and then nine, and then Jerry Judy eight and then seven. And Jerry Judy's figures to go up with um, Cortland Sutton being out. And so, and just like their get off from the line of scrimmage from a football standpoint, it's like, it's a work of art like jerry judy's footwork is absolutely insane like he's he's putting veteran cornerbacks on their heels like and just absolutely getting open like there was there was a couple plays that i was watching against the tennessee titans where um drew lock absolutely missed him i think it was like a deep crossing route from jerry judy and if drew lock had seen him that would have been six it was it, it was crazy how open he's getting and then cd lamb I mean, he got, he's getting, you know, averaging seven and a half targets in a target share with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, who both are like incredible wide receivers. And they also have that Dalton Schultz kid who's absolutely like putting on. Okay. Dalton Schultz is not that good. <laughs> that was Blake Jarwin's spot, but, but they, it was, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, he stepped in and, and, and he, but still, he does he get targets to your point. Yeah. yeah. He gets, he gets targets. Yeah. That's and cool. they're trying to feed Zeke like to command 15 targets through two games um in his rookie season with that loaded of a target share room like is is pretty impressive um and so i really like those two wide receivers and going forward i think they're going to be like the julio and Devonte adams of the league in like four years it's like you have those guys you have wide receivers one and two on any given week um depending on who the quarterback is obviously by the yeah. time those years roll around because who knows the cowboys might not pay dak um yeah guys well thanks everybody for tuning into the podcast jimmy it was awesome having you on bud um but that's all that we're gonna give you guys for tonight um and as always 
you know, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Don't trade with Kayvon. And we got to get to our wrecks. So, Joe, what is your wreck for the week? My wreck for this week, I've been playing Super Mario 64 on my Nintendo Switch. Dude, they came out with the Mario Trio Pack, Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and I think Mario Galaxy. I've never played that one, but um, I will. And so I'm super excited about it. Um, super nostalgia. So yeah, that's my wreck for this week. If you guys have a Nintendo Switch, go cop that. Jimmy, what's your wreck for the people? So this this might be a spicy one. Um, I am currently reading the Malcolm X autobiography, um, and it, it, it like really challenges me. There's a lot of things that are, are like hard for me or maybe I don't agree with, but so my rec is even if you, it, it's like long, it's like 400 pages. So if you don't do that, I would say listen to or read just someone from a different sort of perspective, background. Uh, yeah, that's my rec. So, yeah. yeah. Critical race theory, dude. That's a spicy, <laughs> spicy <laughs> topic. It, like, uh, I don't need to talk about it. I'm going to get angry. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not sorry. 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 I, I am in favor of talking about race and ethnicity and identity and things like that. Mm-hmm. I am. I think that there are a lot of like, uh, yeah, I, don't, I don't need to get into it. Never mind. Go ahead. MJ. <laughs> What's yours? Yeah. My rec for this week is going to be similar to Joe's, but you don't need a switch for it because it's so hard to get your hands on one right now there was some in in stock at target and i was begging beth i was like yo let's just let's just drop 300 right now um but if you guys can get your hand on any nintendo console you'll play some mario kart we've been playing mario kart in my house and it has led to some of the most fun tense filled moments that we've ever had here and it's just it's just a lot of fun and bragging rights are always good to have in your home you know what i mean and so yeah i would recommend some mario kart for you guys well that's all we have for you guys this week thanks again for tuning in love you guys and stop trading with Kayvon. stop it please please my heart can't take it adios see you guys